0: What's going on, guys? This is Sabino from the Growing Up Italian Podcast. In this episode, there's a story of how six individuals became men by making their mark on New York City's nightlife scene. We share wins, losses, laughs, and most importantly, we became family, all while making money at a really young age. I remember I was like 18 years old at the time, and I started promoting clubs. And it taught me a lot of valuable lessons in life. It taught me how to market myself. You know. Most of you know from listening to the podcast. That I own a sandwich shop. And we've been in business for 25 years. And I learned so much. From my experiences. In the nightlife industry when I was younger. And I was able to show my dad. Who's off the boat Italian. That digital marketing. Is the future. And. A lot of things I learned I also put into this podcast You know I learned how to put myself out there At a really young age And Just branding in general um, I've We've never really done an introduction like this But Before you listen to this episode I just wanted to explain the background These are Six of my close friends Collectively We Conquered so much And I'm so proud of what we've done And till this day We're so close And we hang out It's good times In this podcast, you'll hear a bunch of fun stories that we had, a bunch of laughs, good times. Thank you guys all for listening, and enjoy the episode.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we are bringing to you a very special episode today, a collaboration between Growing Up Italian, my good friend Sabino's podcast, and Decoding Success, and we are joined by six, including myself, six absolutely amazing individuals that have literally changed my life, shaped my life, and I think... We could all share that same uh, sentiment right there. So This so is
0: we, this is the product when you have two friends with a podcast and you just want an excuse to link up with all your friends?
1: On a Thursday night, nonetheless, when we we're uh, pounding down pizzas and, and wine bottles over here. But uh, to briefly introduce everyone, to my right, I got my boy fucking AJ Long Okuto in the fucking house. <laughs> now, listen... I never thought he would be on my podcast, but I'm fucking hype he's here. I never thought I'd be on your podcast either, bro. But he's fucking here. <laughs> we got Nicky Masia here. Very excited to have him. Obviously, you know Phil from past episodes. Phil Masia is in the house. Steve Pellegrino from past episodes, and obviously Sabino, as mentioned. First time on yours. First time on mine. You've been on, on, on my yours. podcast. Though. I've been on yours a few times. So this is now going to be called Decoding <clears throat> Italians. Yeah. Yo, oh, that's, oh, what that's what a on. good idea. That, may
0: be, that might have to be the title of this uh, this episode. That's for real. if it's not Imperial. You know? Seriously,
1: that's that's what we're here to talk about though today, and uh, how that kind of brought us together as brothers, um, which is something that we mentioned before we even hopped on this episode. I mean, um, being in people's wedding parties, bachelor parties to come to, I hope, uh, I'm looking at Nick Massey. If hey, if I that. that's some
0: pressure. Actually, Steve, Steve, Steve first. Steve, first, Steve you know? too, Steve He's Steve's too.
2: the lead off right now. I'm taking my time. I
1: don't know. I don't know. It's all right. I, I, I'll take one for the team and speed things up a little bit somehow, some way. But um, seriously, we all came together over the course of X amount of years and, you know, came together as brothers and also as business partners, which is very rare. So to be able to share this moment with you guys, I, I'm really grateful for that. Same here, as I. This is awesome. Gang shit. How are we diving into this, bro? People don't know what we did, you know? So I think it, it needs to start with a little of an educational background. And obviously... Well, I mean, how we we met each other. Well, yeah,
0: Phil Phil and AJ basically started, they're probably the reason we're all here right now.
1: If we're going to
3: call this thing Decoding Italians, which I'd like to think maybe we will, it all (laughs) starts with what Italian kids did when they were 17 with me and Phil growing up. And that was, uh, you go to DNA on Saturday night. And uh, from that nightclub, I think Phil and I got this idea. Now, DNA was a little uh, place in Astoria. And Phil and I got this little idea when we were going there, 17 year olds, and we thought maybe, you know what? I shouldn't say 17 year olds. When we were 18 years old, <laughs> it's did, out, the cat's out of the bag. All right, we did some I was 17. We thought, you know what? This is amazing. This is a moment,
4: and all we wanted to do is create moments for other people. And uh, I think maybe we did. Absolutely, man. I mean, uh, anyone who sees my Instagram knows I love experiences. I'm always traveling, always looking for something new. The cool thing about what we did was we were the power strip, the power cord behind these experiences. We can make somebody's best night of their life.
0: Shout outs to like all the New York Italians out there that know exactly what we're talking about when we say DNA Hell which yeah. was like probably one of the sickest runs of like nightlife. Like that party had to be there, what, you guys know better than me, like 15 years? I mean, that,
4: that club was open since the late 90s, so the, the special thing about DNA is that when we were 18, we didn't say to each other on a Saturday morning, hey, AJ, what are you doing tonight? It was an automatic understanding. It's like, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? What, are you wearing? what time are you arriving? Who are you and, going with?
0: You're on carpool? You I know? mean,
4: it's a moment in time, so. What girls you got going? <laughs> yeah, well, that was probably I was Steve, awesome of Steve used
0: to come out with the list. The, li- well, the check- I, had I had three possibles. <laughs> one do not play. play. No, and, and actually
4: one if I'm really drunk. Actually, funny thing about that was DNA had two rooms. Hip hop room in the back, maybe hold like 300. And people. that
0: room was always the crazy one. Always the craziest, oh, that's, especially that's after funny. two. I forgot two about that actually.
4: So we used to try to coordinate. Which girl is in the hip-hop room? Which girl is in the front room? You don't want both of them to mingle, because if you do,
1: you're going to get kicked in the shin. Right. Just to even backtrack a little bit and to provide some background, because there's going to be people from New York that are tuned... Not from New York that are tuned into this, right? So, obviously, we all know New York is a super competitive space across all areas and all facets of whatever it is, whether that's 100%. personal Especially relationships. Business. Yeah, business, personal relationships, whatever the case is, it's a competitive fucking place to be. Um, and to be able to operate in nightlife for that long and for what we did too collectively as a group here for that long and for that duration of time is fucking monumental you know so i just wanted to paint that picture for everyone that's tuned into this but you guys obviously got started a little bit before the rest of us did. And Sabi, I know you were involved in DNA as well. I mean, I, I, I was sneaking in there at 16. AJ put the cat out of the bag, so I might as well fucking say it. I mean, I was 16 at that point trying to get in. I think I was like a junior in high school or, or some shit. So well, Phil and I were involved
3: way before DNA. I mean, you could say me and Phil were involved since preschool. Yep. Uh, we grew up together, Phil and I. And then by extension, Nikki. So it was the three of us for a long time before we had any aspirations of business or anything like that more about playing baseball on the street, playing football on the street. That's kind of how we started. So there was an initial trust, an initial bond that was formed from that. And uh, as time went on, Matt Sabino and Steve came into the mix, and it created six of us, which for a long time was a powerhouse, not only in business but in friendship. That's the most important thing right there is uh, even after the business has come and gone and we're all on our own ways doing our own separate things, we're all still friends. The, yeah, until
0: this day... Even if we don't talk to each other every day, you know, it's like, you know, we never miss the beat.
3: You know what the joy is now? Well, the joy used to be when we used to go home on a Friday night or a Saturday night with some cash in our pocket. Now the joy is seeing one another succeed in whatever our ventures are. Absolutely. Whether it be a regular nine-to-five day job or, you know, a business selling sandwiches, kids. whatever, <laughs> kids, whatever else it is. That's a business. You know, Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, is yeah. a business. It doesn't pay enough either. So let's, uh, let's backtrack yeah. just
1: a little bit. And I, I, I want to know collectively, I know my reason, but why sure. did each of you guys get into nightlife in general? Was it to make money for, or was it to pick up girls? Was Never it... to make money. Right. I mean, I, I could say the same. For me, yeah. it was because I wanted to be the person that was providing the people around me with kind of what you said, the experience. But at the same time, I wanted that experience for free. Yeah. Honestly, the you reason know? the reason
0: why I started was because it was guaranteed I was buying two bottles every weekend
5: so, Fuck guy. Fuck you were a club goer yourself. So, yeah, month, yeah, it made sense for you to be a player. Yeah,
0: so, like, basically, I figured I'd make some money back to pay everything I'm spending. Because, you know, I used to make like $300 a week working at the panini shop. And that whole $300 was what you were spending that night with just your outfit and, right. you know, to have a good
5: time. You what know?
1: was the outfit back then? The affliction shirt? Affliction and Hardy. And Hardy. Hardy if you didn't have a
5: Lacoste polo and fresh Lacoste polo, then you didn't even go out. Yeah, that was so my space faster. portal for a long time. I,
2: I um, literally remember myself, Matt, Blaze, and Jimmy, some of our other friends not on this podcast, uh, a pitcher in the club that we're talking about, which is when we came together called um, Imperial, and we each had a Lacoste Crispy. No, it was a Burberry.
0: It was a Burberry. Oh,
2: well,
5: Burberry Well,
0: back well either
2: it was Burberry yeah. or Lacoste. Burberry,
0: Burberry had the run a little after that. After yeah. that.
2: But I mean... You were wearing either one of those brands and making sure you got that picture taken. Yeah, Jimmy. I think, by the way, if Jimmy's listening to this,
1: I know he wants that shirt back after that night. By the way. <laughs> that was his birthday. That night. was his birthday. <laughs> that's
4: great. I actually, how nightlife started for me, I wanted to go to a teen night. Old school Italian parents, no teen night in me. Felipe, but don't try a No, no. That's where all the bad stuff goes down. So I actually lied. I said I'm sleeping over AJ's house. We, I bring my outfit, get dressed up at his house. We go over there. We're only maybe about an hour into the party. I forgot. Well, I had a call. It's my dad. He's. I know he's pissed. And you know how you can barely hear in the club? Well, he was yelling so loud that I still heard him. So I, I walk- heard him in
5: my room, too, just letting you guys know. <laughs>
4: oh, yeah. I walk outside. AJ, nice enough, obviously, comes with me. I heard an earful that night. But... It's kind of like getting your first tattoo it's a big whack in the beginning and then it's nothing so it's, it the next worse. month,
0: it gets it gets easier after it gets, that gets
4: easier exactly so the next month i go to a teen night that's called remy AJ's I remember actually, that too, man. like that was the best best teen night ages actually involved and at this time we weren't partners and promoting but you know best friends in life and i go to this teen night and i the whole thing was that i just saw a guy who was in his late 40s putting together this event his name was MRD Mrs. De Costa Shout out to Evan Styles too
0: I mean we And Evan He didn't come to Patricia's dinner but yeah shout Yo, out to him Yo you want Evan. to know
1: what though he didn't answer me on New Year's Eve but Evan did hit me up like this week 2 days ago he hit me up and I was yeah. hyped for that I yeah, was like All right you I mean, made up
4: for it So back so back then I go to this event I'm looking around and if anyone listens to this podcast you're a go-getter high performer you're in an environment you see something and you can create that same thing and you're like damn I know I could do this I could do it better so I got that itch I just thought it was so powerful that a it's just fun b we're creating experiences so this is how promoting was back then back then there wasn't no social media there was no myspace none of that it was just a flyer everyone had a three-digit code so I ran my three-digit code on I still remember it was 654 and I got too lazy at one point, so I started using a hole puncher instead of writing the code. You used to pay twenty-five dollars to get in, and the cut for the promoter was three dollars per per head. Wow, not even five. Holy not shit. even five, three dollars per head.
3: Alright, take that shout out to Evan Styles back, you
0: cheap fuck. Thank <laughs> God I'm not that old, bro. Yeah, so I mean He's a legend in the game though, you know.
4: AJ was killing it. We decided to link up and then Nick saw me doing Nightlife and AJ doing nightlife for years. There was an event it's called Area. It was in Flushing, Queens. And we needed a, a registered person, someone we could trust.
0: Because you can't always trust somebody. Me, me Matt, and Steve were already in the picture, by the way. So oh,
3: he no, he's going into Nikki's first kiss is really what he's yeah, going to hey, there. I knew this was going to come out.
4: So. Actually, no, 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 it's a good scoop, actually. His yeah. lemon tree came before that. But anyway, you take that side of the story. Cause oh, you, man. You actually, though,
0: that night, I just want to chime in real quick and say that um, I wasn't prepared for how cold it was going to be. And... At area. I was, I was working outside at night, so I borrowed um, uh, Nick and Phil's leather dad's jacket. leather
1: jacket. Wow! Tank. This was that area. Yeah, it was oh, the first And you got it dry clean because yeah, it smelled like my, cigarettes. You know, I, was, I was blazing
0: it. bogeys one yeah. after another. And you well, dry I'm clean. gonna go
3: back to Matt's initial question, which yeah, yeah. was, "What did we all do? To, you know, right, what we to do again?" So for me, it wasn't money. It wasn't really anything else. It was just I liked the idea of bringing people together. To me. That was awesome. I enjoyed more than I enjoyed going out on Saturday night, I enjoyed Sunday morning. I enjoyed being dining with my boys, talking about what we did on Saturday night and how much fun it was and how much of an idiot this guy is. Yo, how- I
0: can't even look I can't even go to IHOP not to cut you off. I oh, can't even true. go to IHOP <laughs> not think about you. I, I remember like AJ would order like six things, have a bite of like two. I still of them, do it. And then Phil <laughs> would be weird. like not for nothing, but we shouldn't be splitting this bill. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> no, straight up. No what is that thing. Because he's like, you ordered a hundred dollars worth of food. I ordered twenty, oh and we got to go eighty and eighty. Like, no, it's true. No, no, I still do exactly it. Exactly what happened. And I still do it. And then ordering the pitchers of Kool Aid there, or what was the red drink they have? Oh, it was fruit punch. And yeah, a fruit punch. It's awesome
3: too. That's I hilarious. can't go to
0: IHOP and not think about that, man.
3: Uh, it's just one of the many things, though, that has impacted our lives, right? Think about that when you go to IHOP. For me, the Glendale Diner will always be that place.
0: That
1: was a solid place. That
0: was a solid place. I always think I'm not going to drop names, but when the kick-out lumped up there. Oh, yeah.
1: You were there for that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I I wasn't. I was was there for that. I don't think I
0: was because, you know. I'm the Brooklyn one that you all use.
1: No, you're the oh, we should mention this. We're all from Queens, New York, by the way, especially now. Sabino's been waiting to hear this for a very no, long time. No, no, I'm time. still from Brooklyn. Yeah. Being that he now lives in Queens, he he's been
0: wanting that title. But... You could take the lion out of jungle, we can't take the jungle out of lion.
5: <laughs> Ooh, I'm still Brooklyn. <laughs> okay, Mr. I'm, Brooklyn. I'm, I'm still Brooklyn. <laughs> Nikki, why'd you go to nightlife, bro? So with me it was actually a funny story, as AJ and Phil were saying. In the beginning, they were promoting, and they needed somebody to do the register one night at area. And the thing about, obviously, business in general, it all goes down to people you can trust. And when you have somebody dealing with thousands of dollars, especially in the club business, which is cash, you have people dealing with thousands of dollars, you need to have somebody there you can trust. And obviously, they just turned to me, and, and it was a one-time thing. It wasn't, we need you to work every week. We need you to work one time. Yeah,
3: you were way too cool for us, bro. You're like, I don't think I can commit to this.
5: You know what it was? I saw you guys do this for so many years, and I just kind of told myself it wasn't for me. And, and I really never gave it a fair chance. So the first night I was working, it was area, that party. And the story that they were getting at before was basically one night, and AJ, correct me if I'm wrong, one night this girl came to the register, and she wanted to pay. Uh, she didn't want to pay. And the thing about me is nobody's getting past the register without paying because that's my job. Which is
1: very respectable by the way. At the end
5: of the day, if they counted, listen, there was 400 people that came in and they know 200 people were supposed to pay and there was $20 per person, it was my job to have the correct amount of money there.
3: If 400 people came in and only 200 paid, I know two things. Number one, Evan Styles did the door. (laughs) (laughs) And number two, I don't know. Philly's going to have a fucking fit at the end of the night.
0: Sure. We through, or, or Veronica had too many friends there. <laughs> we used to do the ladies, the ladies'
5: free before 11. So we used to get a lot of ladies to come in before 11. Yo, but you know, and
0: that would be the free. I don't know if we should admit this, but it would be mad funny when uh, we did the whole ladies' free till 11 and opened the doors till 10.55. <laughs> slow it down! Slow it down! <laughs> yeah.
4: It's just no. good business. No, I I don't about it. Sometimes, sometimes we held it, but go ahead, continue.
5: So, getting back into that, <laughs> <laughs> he still won't have been it <laughs> to the grave. Basically, one night, this, this girl came in, and she didn't want to pay, and there's always going to be people like that, and you know it was my job to make sure she paid, and I looked at AJ, he looked at me, he was standing right by the register, and he did something that I never thought was going to happen, and I, I was young at the time, I mean, I was what, maybe 15, 16 years old, and, even. Even. and AJ looked at her and said, "You wanna, you want to get it for free, you don't want to pay? And with the straightest face in the world, said, "Give me a kiss on the lips." This girl looked at AJ, looked at me, looked at AJ. And when she went to go look at me again, the next time I saw her eyes right here because she smacked me right on the lips. And mm. I'm talking—I'm not talking about a little pet kiss.
1: And this was before Juvederm, by the way, so they were oh, regular. This, this was what yes. Juvederm. What is that? The lip— the lip injections. Oh. How do you know what that is, <laughs> bro? I'm educated. I'm fucking well rounded. He
5: He's—he's a, a, a French traveler. He's on TikTok a lot. He's he on TikTok <laughs> a lot. So, long story short, that was kind of like my first taste of a club business. And, you know, I kind of literally It was very... Yeah, literally his uh, <laughs> first taste. Literally Yo, first the taste. Thing, let me ask you, was she at least good looking? Um, honestly, I don't really remember. But I know AJ wouldn't have let somebody kiss me that was ugly. Absolutely so not. AJ... Was it Yana? No, I no. it was Yana. I thought it was no. something else. Anyway.
0: We're name dropping tonight. <laughs> yeah,
5: the whole thing for me was, like, if we fast forward a little bit and how I really got into promoting, because that was my initial appearance, was... One day when uh, we were doing the club, actually, fast forward to Noah, one of our parties that we did. If anybody's listening to this podcast remembers the crazy club nights we had at Noah. I mean, we had celebrities performing yeah. there and all of these big rappers at the time. And that's when I just met Sabino for one of the first, first couple of parties that we were working at. And everybody that's walking into the club is always saying hello to me. And he was, Sabino was asking me, Nick, how do you know these people? Because you did the register at other parties. Or you know, you're just friends with them, and I just said they were all my friends, and every and na- single person in the neighborhood, in, like every single from, person that came from
0: going in. to St. Francis and hanging out in the park. Because yeah. I didn't
5: realize back then that the biggest part of promoting was networking, and the biggest part of life. I mean, anybody listening to this can attest that networking is everything. Right. Digital, Google, digital marketing too. Like this is when Facebook events were huge. This It'll, is like getting into that era. So just being my natural self and just being always around AJ and Phil, I didn't realize I was a promoter long before I even started to promote because I was building that network, I was building that network of people around me and at that day uh, at the party at Noah, Sabino said, why aren't you a promoter? You know everybody here, you have all of them coming and you're literally not getting paid for these people. So the real story was Sabino forced me to promote and he said to me, I know you can get 20 people here for next Saturday and if you do, then you continue promoting. If you don't want to do it, you don't do it, and the rest is history. I remember. Well, doing I, that I first basically
0: night. told him, like, you know, back then you were making like a salary like seventy-five bucks to do the register. I was like, why not make the extra hundred while you're here? You right.
3: Know? So let's decode success a little bit. Amazon, biggest retailer in the whole world, right? They really don't own any inventory. Maybe they own a little bit of inventory, but they really don't own any inventory. Uber is the biggest car service in the world. They don't own any cars. The whole point was for me and Phil not to know everybody that came in the club. As a matter of fact, if we did, that would be a huge problem, right? The whole point was for guys like Nikki, guys like Steve, guys like Matt, guys like Sabino. You guys know the people. You guys are the face of this whole thing. We're just going to make sure the ship runs straight. We're going to steer it. And you guys are the life of the party.
0: This is the the part that's funny. is because I was like into my like 23, 24, still promoting, you know? Yeah. And then you guys are a couple years older than me, so it yeah. just goes to show at that point... You just run the machine. It's like almost franchising like a Burger King and right, right. hiring a guy on yeah. the grill. Yeah, let me tell you, the the running the
3: machine ain't so easy. No. But you do what you got to do. You make a lot of mistakes. You learn a lot from your mistakes. And as long as you are a better person... See, this this goes further and deeper than just what we did. It's what we're still doing. Because I know I still I, take I, everything I, I think did we back then with me today. I think got to explain
0: a little bit about what kind of events we were throwing. Let's do I don't think like people really have the visual of what we we're doing, but we were getting like yeah. 1,000 kids in the five boroughs, Long Island and Westchester, really? the Jersey, Tri-State Jersey area. the Tri-State area. 1,000,
4: yeah, Jersey, everybody. Okay, well, one second. I mean, just to paint the picture, a nightclub is anywhere from a million to a $5 million investment. So somebody's life savings went into this club. And they're doing it for money, they're doing it for fun, popularity, all that. So, if someone put one to five million into a club, and they see AJ and I going, asking for a deal, and a deal meaning we want to do every Friday night, consistently, every Saturday, or one-off holiday events, and at the time, he's 18, I'm 17, I look like I'm 14, and you have this kid walk into your police and say, hey, I'm going to take your Saturday night, your grand night, plus at the time, we were doing college events. So, what does that mean? That means higher profile uh, risk, that means... Could be, you know, some drinks being passed around and whatnot. So just picture that for a second. So in order to get, you know, that person to commit to you, and then we were doing, at our height, about five to seven events a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to get Five some, to seven events a week? In a, a week. Over yeah, the summertime. Tuesdays, the summertime, Tuesdays yeah, we Wednesdays, had, we Thursdays, had, Fridays. We Sunday. had just about every night. Just was, Monday, 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 we, we, really really we didn't really sleep. So just to get an owner to say yes to you for that, and then in the beginning, they're Honestly, a lot of the times, they didn't say yes because you're the best underneath the sun. They said yes because they were desperate. And it was our job to turn the desperation into making money. That's one thing that we did in this business. We excelled at it. We could go into a spot, and we could turn it around from you know the red into the black. I'm gonna, that applies I'm, to life. I'm going
3: to give a case in point. Uh, and this is a story that I'll probably be telling my grandkids, and they'll look at me like I'm crazy. But I believe it's one of the instances that made me the man I am today. That was one of uh, our very first venues. We took a place that was extremely far from where we lived, uh, where we didn't really know a ton of people that lived in the immediate area. But we said, you know what, we're going to do it. It's a big room. Phil and I were really young, and this was one of our first big projects. What room? Uh, This club out in Brooklyn. Uh, Far out in Brooklyn too. Not anyway, like like you guys said, we're Queens kids. It was far out in Brooklyn. Bay Ridge, Bay Ridge, and um, I tell you what. Looking back on it now, we were in over our heads. We didn't really have the resources to do what we needed to do, but we did have one thing, and that was an incredible will not to fail. Uh, going into the first night, and when I tell you this was a big room, I mean this was a big room. We had a lot of money invested in that
4: place. It was the size of
1: like a high school gym. This it one also
2: had this separated with the hip hop. Yep, we had yep. two
3: rooms.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and there was there yeah, was a I lot didn't like of pressure. hip hop room in this place though. There was a lot of pressure <laughs> not sloppy. to fail. And um, I'll tell you what, the Yo, first and uh, shout out to you guys, because there's a lot of people that are in this industry that that's their backyard and they don't want to touch that room. Yep. Yep. But you guys are 12 miles away taking that, you know?
3: Yep. We were, we were far. I wasn't close. And uh, leading up to the first night, we knew that we had created a good amount of buzz. Uh, we, you know, we did things that were necessary. We booked the DJ that was on the radio, Uh, hired all the bartenders from that area we tried to get the best looking girls to to bartend and a couple of good looking guys to bartend and get some bottle service going on but still going into the first night we really didn't know what was going to happen and we were pretty scared I mean I'd be lying to you if I said we were confident we knew we had this and then uh, this was a Friday night party on Thursday we looked at the weather and the prediction was it was going to be a torrential downpour on Friday night and the weather was going to be terrible stay home, don't go out it was almost like the weatherman, Al Roker, was promoting against us. <laughs> he he was out to get us because all he, to do to, yeah, all he wanted to do was tell people to stay home that night. And uh, leading up to the party, we were driving there. Uh, Philly went over the Williamsburg Bridge because he was so nervous. He forgot the state of the right on the BQE. True
4: story. Into the city, I went.
3: He drove into the city. Little uh, detour. I wasn't far behind them, and my windshield wipers were on high. I think there's no way anyone's coming up to this club tonight. We are going to lose thousands of dollars. We're going to look like idiots. There won't be a second party. It'll be grand opening, grand closing. Uh, but you know what? What are you going to do at that point? You're going to stick it out. You started something. You got to see it through. You got to finish it. You got to tough it out. You got to take it on the chin if that's what you know it was demanded of you. You got to be a man.
0: No, not to cut you off, but sometimes in life you got to lose money. Yeah. To to lose. This was going to be you know, one of those times. Yes, exactly. We
3: were going to lose more money than we had. Yeah, Because Phil and I, don't, we don't come from much. You know. take the
0: credit from the owner. you know. Yeah, like.
3: exactly. We were going to have to go to the owner with our tail between our legs and apologize for, for flopping. Uh, doors opened at 10.30 and at about 10.15, there were a couple of people outside. Nowhere near enough to cover what our budget was. And uh, by 11 o'clock, we had to go to uh, the end of a line that had about 600 people on it and hold umbrella over girls to stop their makeup from running down their face. When the night was over, we did 1,400 people plus. Uh, we had to have people stand outside and wait for other people to exit to let them back into the room. It was an unbelievable success. We didn't know what was gonna happen. All we did was keep our head down and keep it moving. And it worked. Absolutely. It succeeded. And I still have the video of Philly standing out there with the umbrella over his head, because it was boring. How was it wrong, it was boring. And uh, all we could do was just, it was two things. Thank God, because man, were we lucky that we pulled it off. But also, we learned to believe in ourselves that night. We we learned that a little bit of rain can't upend the willpower of a couple of guys when they really want to do their thing and get busy. And that's what we did that night. Gave us the confidence to uh, that night gave us the confidence to deal with one of the worst strategies we ever had in business, which I'm going to let Philly talk about, which was a night we had a couple of uh, a one. Really big rapper book for a party in Queens, and uh, that rapper decided to tell everybody on his Twitter that he wasn't coming.
4: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And just to take away a couple of gems from that. Uh, AJ's talking about faith. Anything we do, we have to have faith. Like, you can't see the end result, you just have to know and believe that you're going to get there no matter what. We had to build a promotional team around that room. And we didn't have the people in the beginning. We had to figure out how to piece them together.
3: How many times were we down and out, and these guys at the table with us right now picked us up and said, "No, we're going to
4: absolutely do it. like that. this."
2: That was one of my first tenured parties with you guys. I promoted with um, an, another set of people out in Long Island, and uh, I met Sabino at St. Francis College. And Sabino two- went to college.
0: I won, like, three times. (laughs) (laughs) He's not lying. He he,
2: he was there, but it wasn't a long time. But um, I I met Sabino there, and we were, you know, had a free period or whatnot, and he saw the connections that I had within different groups of people, and I think the first party... You were promoting already at that time? Yeah, That was in Long Island, and then you hit me up, and there was, uh, you were talking to me about a party that you guys were doing in Astoria. So that's when we first linked up about oh, that. Oh, you're talking
0: about on on Steinway the the Thursday night party.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Oh Sabino, there's many times Sabino put this whole thing on his back. He really yeah. did. He put the whole thing on his back. So that's well, where it started. The craziest part
0: was when, you know, the, I think the best run of all of us here together was in my neighborhood. Yeah, it nice. was in Greenpoint. Well, Greenpoint's not my neighborhood. My yes, it is. Was. Yes, it I'm is. Listen, listen. We already went over this. <laughs> on a Brooklyn guy. Yeah, a
5: Brooklyn guy. I <laughs> so to,
4: I forgot to mention the 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 next one, the Which uh, one? the big night that AJ he teed it up for me on. So we just hit that real quick. Is uh
0: this was, and this
3: was the low of the low.
4: Yeah, talk about a story of like overcoming. So Sabino was with us for this party. I wasn't sure if I don't. I'm not sure if Matt and Steve were yet, but uh, we we were gonna throw an event. It was a Wednesday night. You guys fabulous. with us? For fabulous! Yeah, we were okay. there. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. All right, bro. There's so many events I forget. Well, so, no, but were we already, one, yeah.
0: were we already doing that party or that was a, that was, already, a that was a one off. That was were we already in the regular Saturday spot? Yep. Yeah, we were. Yep. We the, were already the there. Yeah.
3: We, we were established. We were we rock and rolling. Yeah. Yeah. We just yeah, yeah. decided it's not, a not that we just
0: randomly did a one off with well, that. Know, we, right. Yeah,
3: we decided to just take a random Wednesday night in the summertime and book a pretty big artist that we really had no direct contact with. We were booking them through an agent.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So basically as you're building your momentum in this industry, you start connecting with the right people, talent agents, and I got I got the opportunity to book a big rapper. It was fabulous. And uh, what happened was I got the deal of a lifetime. So I said, you know, I got this guy, let's make a party around him. So we got the venue. Who by nice. the
3: way at the time was probably everybody's favorite.
0: Was this a, was, the summer was, of this was, was the summer
2: of 2011. He had any pop, out. any popular, fabulous song that you yep. could think of, that, that was the that's stuff that his was album, coming out that's right when now. That's when
0: his album was out, his big album. Of course. Girl, you be killing them. Oh, like, yeah. You, you know, be killing
2: them is what you sang to your girlfriend
3: right before it was about to really go down.
5: <laughs> oh, your feet are killing you? I call this you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't so, think it sounded exactly with, like that, but it was close. It was close. What's crazy
3: was then
0: someone told me, someone I was close to, was like, yeah, I know Fabulous's manager. And I was like, yeah, I booked him. Then they are like, yo, he's not going that night. And I told Phil, and Phil was like, no way. Then, like as it got closer, we were like, I guess you started looking into it. Yeah, so basically, I lay out the deposit. I'm not going to mention the
4: amount, but it was a lot of money. Substantial a amount. Substantial amount. Of money. For a couple,
0: like 19 year olds, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah.
4: No, for real. So I lay out the money, and uh, the lady who I went through. Basically, long story short, I did my homework on her. She was affiliated with a couple of really big names. She was affiliated with Maybach music and she had a lot of artists underneath her wing at that time. She
0: actually was like handling a lot of French Montana's bookings. Exactly. At that time. I think
3: she also had a little crush on Phil, just saying.
4: She might have. She's also and also another thing with business, you can't always believe like just by looking. She was driving a grey Ferrari. This thing is probably like two hundred thousand plus. And she has hooks with literally everyone. So I felt comfortable enough that I gave her a substantial amount of money. We do what we do best—we're promoting this party, and um, we probably had like seven hundred pre-sold
1: tickets. The, the yeah. buzz—the
2: buzz was r- ridiculous for that. Like we couldn't—we we put out what the party was gonna be, and it was wasn't even about promoting it anymore. It was about the intake of requests and text and phone Yo. calls about getting there.
4: Absolutely. Check the camera show. So we promote this event. We're up to like 700 pre-solds. Right, and it's right. about it's about a few days before the event. And I just remember just seeing that I'm not getting responses from this agent as I should be. And I also ask, whenever you book an artist, you ask for a promo video. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is fabulous. I'm going to be at Noah Wednesday night. And I keep getting the curve. Like she's curving my text. And I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it. So I start to feel like just something's up. And basically, long story short, we find out that a day before the event, that he's not coming. Like literally 24 hours before. I remember I called up AJ, it was like 11 o'clock at night,
0: and I said, this is what's going on, what do we do? And We refund everybody the money, basically. That was the dilemma.
3: Which if you're running an event, any event, I don't care what it is, the words refunding money is (laughs) a nightmare.
5: But let's also just put... Or it's party. a no-no, too. Oh, yeah. The thing <laughs> I wanted to point out while the story's going on is we all had, like, credibility on the line. You know, we, we threw yes. parties, we yes. did this. And, and that was worth
3: more than the money. Was the a refund was me. not
5: acceptable because right. we had credibility. We literally went out of our way to sell these tickets. And so we had to do something about it. And I fully think that this was the greatest save in promotional history. So let's get back. Yeah, I mean...
4: I remember saying to AJ, like, our brand, our momentum, and this applies to business, is like, it was, the trajectory was crazy. We can't have this hiccup, because this hiccup will in- impair everyone's judgment of us your going forward. Yeah, like, don't go to one of their events. I call them up, it's like 11 o'clock, I tell them this. I remember,
3: I was eating pizza, and I actually put the pizza down and didn't finish the <laughs> slice. That's how upset I was.
4: Yeah, and actually, I go the next morning, I pick them up, we're actually going to drive my dad to work in the city. I don't have, like, I really don't have much money at this point. I'm still, maybe I'm like 24.
1: He only has his baptism and his fucking... Communion money. Communion money at that that point. (laughs) And his confirmation.
5: I'm sorry, Phil. I told everybody.
4: Nah, it's cool, it's cool. So, (laughs) I actually, the night before, I booked someone who we had booked a couple of times, and it was Boyd Banks, and everyone loved him. But I knew that just booking him wasn't going to be enough. So, I got on the phone with AJ. Uh, Red Ray Cafe, J, too. And, yeah, we're going to book Red Cafe. This is when he
0: was really hot, by and the Red way. And Red
4: Cafe was hot. But this talent agent, as if she already didn't hook me enough with the whole fabulous thing, she says, listen, the only way that you can have Red Cafe there is if you also pay for a guy Waka named, Flaca. well, first,
0: French Montana. No, it was Waka Flocka. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, And then you gave, you booked French Montana and then Waka Flocka. I'll never forget, we were outside waiting for him to roll up, and he's like, you want me to perform too? And we're like, well, we really have no money right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go, I think one of us went in our pockets, and we're like, I got $200. Like, all right, that's good. 100%. And he said, will do one song for the $200. Yeah. Sabino, that's when, thank
3: God Sabino went in his left pocket where there was $200, because <laughs> if he went in the right one, Waka Flocka would have taken it for a
1: couple of grand.
0: <laughs> but uh, I'll never forget, I mean, listen, you say Wagga Flocka now, and everybody's like, who the hell is that? He was hot at this time. People, know, I think people know Waka Flocka. He yeah. was hot, and he was Walka Flocka was bigger at French than this time. Yeah, French 100%. probably had
6: French,
3: had French didn't even off. have
0: Shot Caller out yet. And, yeah, and he just off. had Chop chopper Down. Yeah, like he just had that one remix. Yeah, he didn't have anything.
3: But when all was said and done, we took out, we lost Fabulous, but we made up for Fabulous with Waka Flocka, Red Cafe, Lloyd Banks, and French Montana. Now, if I gave you that, that budget was like fifteen grand. Yeah, right. If I gave you that we'll in 2020, we're we'll selling out Madison Square Garden. Literally. We put that together literally. in a little home That's in a Walmart shop in Queens. That's and so one thing around. I wanted
5: to add to that was, a lot of people don't know this, but when French Montana came at the time, he brought us a young, up-and-coming artist with him. With Chink's Drugs. people never knew who that was. Mm. And literally, Chink's Drugs was one of the first performers. That's true. One of the first performances was at our party. That's true. And it just goes to show you, for everybody listening here, it's not about what happens in life, it's about how you change, how, you know, how you're it. able to deal with it. How you respond. And I, I honestly feel that the biggest thing that I've learned from all these gentlemen at this table, you know, one is my brother, one is somebody I've known forever, and the, the, th- the other three are my friends. You're talking
3: about me as your brother, right? you know him forever? Of course, you don't want to my brother.
5: So. Really, you two are probably closer,
0: though. We are, we are, and he's
5: always been there for me. But the real, the thing that I've learned, and I want to thank all of you, seriously, the thing I want to thank all of you for teaching, not just myself, but I think showing each other, is the power of perseverance because there was times when I didn't have anybody coming on a Saturday night and I needed that kick in the ass and Steve and Matt were killing it and they had tables booked and you know I'm literally feeling like down upon myself and Sabino would pick me up and AJ pick me up and even Matt and Steve would how can we help you and we were literally always working with each everybody other everybody but Phil so it was <laughs> you know you work in some businesses and people are working against each other inside of the business but we all had our own little thing going on but we were always willing to help each other and I really was able to see like this is a family. This isn't some business where we want to you know work against each other.
3: Yo, I got I got a question for for Maddie One B. So that's the drop. I, I, I could I could talk forever and ever about the fucking events and all this shit, but I want to hear about my two favorite places of all time, which would be Imperial and Stereo. I want to hear about that's it. That's
0: where uh, you got got your wife, though, right? No, pass me the wine. That's home. where I got my wife.
3: That is where yeah. you got your wife. Yeah. I want to. I want to hear about these things from you guys. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't even want to hear me and Philly Can talk about it? these places. Yeah. No. No. I want to I mean, hear about it straight from you guys.
4: Let's go into how we even. I mean, how, how we met them. How they got into. That's important. I want
2: to kick that
1: off. So. Yeah. You first of all, you need to still tell us why you got into nightlife because so, you didn't even get there.
2: Yes. I I got into nightlife because I just felt like I had so many connections and where i'm a high school athlete and a lot of my time was dedicated to playing football and basketball that this was something easy where not only can i go out and party for free but i could also go out and make money i can meet people i can make friends i can meet girls and that's that's what it was to me so i had started out in a a club in long island called dublin's which isn't there anymore. I believe the building is actually totally knocked down oh, at it? this point. Yeah. Did they rename it at all? I'm not even sure. But uh, oh, I think they sell like plants now. <laughs> it, it might be like a garden <laughs> world. Yeah, there's no, no, like there's no
0: nightclubs now in in New York like that. So like it's different. a lot of people that are listening to this probably don't understand like what the hell we're even talking about. But like there was clubs everywhere in New York at this time, you know?
2: So, so this one was on Jericho Turnpike, and uh, I would just tell everybody I know, like, hey, if you want to come out, there's a 18 and over party, and we, we have good DJs, you can meet cute girls, or for, for girls, there's cute guys, whatever. You know, you got there, the line was always wrapped around, and, and people came out and they had a good time, so I'll never live it down, but Stevie Pell's at the door, that was the guest list name, so... If you wanted um, to pay double, that's what you said. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so, so started started to gain traction, and I was doing well there, and then I was uh, approached, I, I, I guess because of my connection with Sabino through college, mm-hmm. that after we did a couple parties, that both Phil and AJ had said, you know, like we want to talk to you and Matt. Because at this point, I, I said the, the connection between me and Matt is, is tremendous. The amount of people that are, are between both of our networks, we, we would kill you, it. Had, you had
0: a lot of like... The thing about promoting back in the day too is like, it's all about reinforcing. So like, the same person getting hit with the invitation three times. Yeah. So they're like, you know, we're going. So we, you know? we
2: both went to different high schools. I'm a year older, so we, we had many people in common, but there were... We were also, you know... D- plenty different people like a Venn diagram we got the people in the middle that we both know and then you got the people on the other sides where only Matt knew only I knew and and together we own that entirely because even though it was my name at the door Matt was saying you know you know use this guest list this is my boy Steven. and and we're cutting that right See, down the middle. That was
3: smart. He had somebody to blame it on if shit went wrong. It was it was leverage, fit, leverage. it was fifty fifty. Never oh, had I a just problem my with that. Steve.
2: And <laughs> no, no. But but even look at it both ways. I could take the blame, but then also Matt Matt's not getting the cloud. It's not his name. No one looked at it as either or is a bad thing. Yep. And and that's why we were like literally great. And and to sh- to share a guest list, you know, a lot could probably go south, but we've never hit. A bump, a hiccup, anything. We remember driving around, and at that point, when we had a lot of Long Island people in our clientele, we, we were driving to Long Island multiple times a week to, to sell tickets to the big events, to Halloween events, one-off events, the regular Saturday, and we're bumping Little Wayne, No Ceilings mixtape, wow. feeling like <laughs> feeling like we're a boss with a couple grand really in our pocket. With it. We had a manila envelope and we're, and we're sitting there, we got tickets, we got cash, like like it was great. But t- to get back into how we became a family with all of you guys was uh, apparently Phil and AJ saw, you know, kids from their neighborhood. They're from Glendale, I'm from Middle Village, Matt's from Maspeth, you know, they, they saw the value in us to, to be partners Within this company that they were running they wanted us on their team. So I remember specifically them saying we want to you know meet you guys talk about what we can do. We know that you're with other people already doing this, but we have a great opportunity for you guys. So we met at uh, a local Dunkin Donuts by our house and you know, right down Woodhanger. Wow, they spent
5: the way, a lot of money it. prospecting you guys. huh? Yo, <laughs> they, they got. I got a water
1: bottle for free. Sabino paid for the water bottle. And I'll never go, forget it. They got they me. Phil ice didn't coffee. want to reach in his pocket, but f- yeah, Sabino did. Phil reached
0: in his pocket another way with the paycheck, so <laughs> he, he did, did. Like I said earlier, hey, there were times where Sabino really carried this thing, and that's how we started
2: with them. Sabino was the initial contact with myself through college. And then I, I did F1 with you guys, and yep. the, the main thing was Imperial. That was our, our Brooklyn party that's uh, what wow, I would say great. really really took off. and
4: Yeah, at this point, Sabino, his family, Nick is family, mm-hmm. and you guys made a name for yourselves. We knew that it would be a win-win you know, by having yeah. you with us, and we wanted to bring you guys in on an upper level with us. So this way it would be one bigger family. So... Like we could even talk about that night, like when we met. So Sabino was pretty much like a scout. We had heard of you, and we we knew that we could make Imperial and our other events, you know, even bigger by having you guys with us. And also, we're all about longevity. We didn't talk about that too much, but like most promoters have a three month run, six month run. We had runs that went three, four years. So you sacrificed a lot for that too. Literally. Yeah. I mean, so I, a lot of I think, a lot I think of it's short time to like a little
0: segue into like. What we got out of all this and like our
5: lives today and like...
4: Even Matt, for you to, you know, you to share your experience with it.
5: Oh yeah,
0: did you, you didn't really talk about it. No, I did, I did. I shared your experience about
5: getting into the business, but Mm -hmm. in terms of AJ wanted to hear their perspective on Imperial and just, you know, the clubs in general.
1: I mean, Imperial to to start, personally, I was still very young at that point. Nick, obviously, we're the same age, Mm -hmm. but like for me, that was just like still very wild mode, you Mm -hmm. know, like that was me... Freshman in college, not even a sophomore in college yet. So when you're in that stage of your life, it's it's like, hey, let's stand on top of the bar and spray champagne. Imperial was for you, what DNA was, was for us. Right, that's right. What that's was. what we yeah. wanted. Also, you know? too, I
2: think I think a very valid point for for all of us at this table was. None of us went away to college. We were all homegrown kids. Right. And, Good point. And, and this club life was our college life. Yeah, for, for the most part. Where no, that's a great you're, point. you're saying you were going to, you know, college bars for and college... Parties. Exactly. This was our fraternity. Like this, we created our own fraternity. This, this really is is was. a
1: fucking fraternity. Yeah, yeah we were. Which, for the first we time, time is fraternity.
2: what we're understanding you, this you as. The brotherhood out of it. It literally it, is a fraternity when you think of. And it. we fucking hazed each other. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we yeah. We fucking yeah. hazed each
0: other. I never hazed anyone. We
5: used to put bangs oh, yeah, on Matt's yeah, head. head. Yeah, sure, sure. Oh
0: my god. Yeah. Anyway, going oh, back
5: to Matt's wild days. Back then. If you saw a picture on Facebook and Matt didn't at least have two bottles of Grey Goose in his hand, then you know it wasn't really a Matt's. Phone. I think well, what are saying a, really was a movie. movie. Yeah, it was a
1: movie. That, that was movie. stereo,
5: though. That was stereo, uh, no? Any movie. I think yeah. that
1: was stereo. Who the fuck?
0: Stereo mess. was movie,
5: but uh, Imperial you always had. Yeah, so
0: I, I'll never forget. There was like one picture out there of Stephen Matt like posing a two hundred milliliter bottle of Georgie and like. No, no, no. no that was, was never stuff. me. That was
1: Zambuca that we fucking
0: had. No, but there's a picture out there of you guys like holding a georgie. I never drank georgie in my life, bro. I'm tired of saying. that would be a thief. That would be a that would be a
3: pre You never drank georgie me. that yeah, you yeah, know I of. It? There's been plenty of times I gave you Gregor's and it was really georgie. I remember, <laughs> I remember.
2: I remember getting the five dollar fifth, not fifth, the uh, three seven five. Yeah, well, that's a pint. A pint. A uh, a a pint of georgie and the three or four dollar. Red Bull, and that was my pregame. I, you, I wouldn't even mix it. I would just take a swig of one, swig of other. i <laughs> oh, terrible, dude. terrible decision I got, yeah. I got to the club and I was good. I probably bought a couple drinks, but I probably didn't need those couple. So <laughs> if
3: you're looking to make money as a nightclub global bar, Stevie is not the kind of
6: client.
4: He's not, not the person yeah. to bring about. Uh, another gem that you're hearing throughout this is that, just like in life, if you really want to go the distance in what you're doing and be really successful, you have to love what you do. And all six of us loved what we did. Like, it wasn't work for me on Saturday. My friends all had girlfriends who's going to this event, who's going here. Oh, Phil, it must really stink that you can't make it. Actually, it didn't. I loved it. I loved right. being with you guys. Like, what what's better than my f- being with you guys, making money, and making experiences? You just
3: hit on what my favorite part of the whole thing was, the whole run. It is As I got older and I developed more friends that came from... Uh, better backgrounds or had more money or whatever it was, they always looked from the outside at what I did and they saw it as, you know, what, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? Get a job. I, I love that one to get a
4: job. Absolutely.
3: One. Not only was this a job, I'll never forget, like,
0: you know, I come from a family and my dad owns a business. And like, when I was doing this, like, well, I like, why you do this stupid shit? <laughs> <laughs> Like what? What the, what the fuck are you doing? And, you know, and I, I'll never forget. Like you know, he understood. Once he saw, like I think one day he came in my room and I had my ex-girlfriend sleeping over after a party, and I just had like fucking four bands, like on my oh, on my fun. nightstand.
3: I know that night you had bands on your nightstand. You had buckets next to the bed. <laughs> <Yeah. So laughs> I Let's like, not
2: forget. This was also the same father that realized once it was that you've had your. Your, I would say, your mother and your father, both at different times, yeah, at the parties them. that we were run. That, that's what I was. And they say. had a great time. Those, those and, people And that, I, I know us specifically in this group right here, were like leaps and bounds excited to even see your parents yeah. there because they got to experience Our, what we what we got to. to we know how. What a time my dad
0: bought the burners to the club to, save to pick us. us up.
1: Yep. You know, or that, every time he opened the panini shop after one of our parties to
2: fucking feed us. That yeah, was yeah. That was a couple of times. That, I mean, not many times. Not many guy. times. Not many times. There was some.
5: prosciutto there, there was was the the farmer farmer times, No, 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 not no, 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 many, many times. When Sabino, when Sabino went to sleep, the me Yeah, and you, Sabino you know, went to sleep often after that. I don't know why, but
3: we were just chilling. I just wanted to
5: go home and count my money. I was like, "Leave me alone."
3: Now, but those same people that were that were the whole get a job type and do. I told them just come once, come see what I do but one look, time. But look, like and I they did, wanna, and they got
0: it. That exactly. really helped me though, like running my business nowadays. Even mm. with growing mm. up Italian, like you know, there's a lot of digital marketing stuff that we were doing before everybody time. else was doing. Way you know, ahead. so like I kind of turned that into my business. Like after that, I was like the same way I could get people to go to a club is the same way I could get people. To come eat a sandwich, you know?
3: Sabino uh, realized that there's two P's that are going to get a lot of uh, attention on social media. One is pussy, one is panini. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I love eating both of them. And he loves them both. Hey! <laughs> so let's talk about this. What AJ brought up, and this is one thing that I mentioned before the show, is like we all embody the sense of not giving a fuckness when it came down to what people were saying about us, right? So... For anyone that's tuned into this right now in regards to whatever it is they're dealing with in life, what do you feel like takes place or has to happen for them to embody what we did? Because not for nothing, when you're in a closed environment, when you're in the barbershop and people are like, yo, why the fuck are you doing this? Or you know, when you're in high school still or in college and they're fucking ragging on you for what you're doing, you're in the gym and they're ragging on you, what do you guys feel like goes into that?
5: So I'd like to kick it off. Basically, one thing that I learned from this experience just being with you guys working with people and it's a blessing to be able to make money with your friends but to have a great relationship with your business partners and your friends is even better and i think one thing we were all really good at was seeing the end goal because you know somebody make fun of us all the time why do you guys promote what do you do this for you annoy people with facebook messages you annoy people with a venom stop
0: vibe. sending me group, uh, group. We, <laughs>
5: we've heard it all between True. the six of us here we've heard everything under the sun but you know somebody says something to you and you could let it bother you or you could not. And I really think what pushed us and will push me definitely was seeing that end goal. Like AJ was saying before, like film, like so many of us here, seeing that nightclub packed, seeing people who literally got together as two single people, and now they're able to become a married family and they're able to, you know, have kids. And just seeing that end goal of basically the nightclub being packed and everybody having a great time, it didn't matter what people said. If somebody turned around and they were able to say, why are you promoting? Why are you guys doing this? We knew what it was about. It wasn't about making money. It was about having fun, having a mm-hmm. good time. So whatever industry you're in, whatever business you're in, if you apply that same mentality of just seeing the end goal, you know, you want to do something and you see the end goal and you see what makes you happy. What does it matter what people say along the way? You just use that as your motivation, your inspiration and keep pushing and striving for success.
0: Right.
4: That's huge. A um, couple things. How someone views you from the external is a lot different than how you view it. If that's what lights you up, like clubs, like it lit me up, man. Like, if I if there's many nights, let's just put this out there on the record. There's no set salaries. There's no I'm gonna go to work tonight and get paid. There's some nights we took it on the chin. There's some nights we didn't make money. Sure, there's some nights we did very well, but if I p- kept paying attention to everyone on the external. And a lot of my friends, you know, pushed me down about it. Why are you doing this? Uh, you, you know, now I'm 25, I'm still doing it. Like, oh, aren't you getting a little old for this? It, they don't see what you see. And with your business or your idea, they may not see what you see. That doesn't mean that it's not going to be tremendous or it doesn't light you up. Because if you just stick to what everybody else likes, you really won't go far at all. You're going you're gonna to stay right in the same tracks, like, you know, all the time. Mm-hmm. So for me, it lit me up to the point where even when I had that chatter, it didn't matter. Like, I was doing something that I loved. And that was a big thing for me. I respect that.
2: I, I had a good time when we were doing Imperial slash stereo. Um, I, I was in college, I was managing a liquor store, I was a full time student taking 18 to, you know, 20 credits a semester. And, and I made my schedule where you know i worked friday and saturday from open till closed because i wanted to be able to go to school during the week without having to worry about certain things or and because your
0: boss would beat you up
2: <laughs> that could but but <laughs> because Hello. i i had i had a, a strict boss and, yeah. and he was a powerful guy yeah. and um about Venn <laughs> i i've worked i've wor- I worked i worked th- 10 or 11 hours on on Saturday, but there was never an issue of me being unmotivated after working that shift to go out to our party. You looked forward to it. I I was, you know, waking up at, at 10, getting there, getting to my job by 11, working the whole day, and then getting out at 10... And then, you know, our, our party was was about to kick off. Then I would run home, I would shower, I would put on a little cologne, I would hit up Matt, you know, what's the moves, how are we getting there, are we pre-gaming, this, that. And, and the next thing you know, we were there, and then I was out till, you know, maybe three, four, if we went to the diner. five, five six, six, seven, seven, maybe. seven. Sun. If eight. Yeah, plenty yeah.
5: of time sun
2: sun was rising, That's I was going truth. to bed, but... You know, there was point there, of there life, was baby. there was never a time where I ever questioned. You know, this is crazy. You know, because you only think something's crazy if you want to. If if crazy is normal to you, it's normal. So, to me, maybe someone looked at that externally, like we mentioned, and, yep. and said, you know, this kid's doing something that's, you know, not the norm. But for, for me and our little family here, that was normal. So That's the word right there. That, that was, you know. you got so a sense of
5: satisfaction what? that nobody else can understand. i tell you what, exactly. I, I, there
3: could be a hundred people standing outside my door saying nothing or saying anything they wanted, but it didn't matter. Because to me, the only people whose opinions really counted were the five other guys sitting at this table and this one really hot bartender that I ended up marrying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and had two kids with. And had two kids with, yeah. Talk about the Ferrari later. Uh, but those were the only those were the only opinions that mattered anybody else could say whatever the fuck they wanted because what what Philly said was was 100% true like seeing the the long term of it for me it was always about getting the most juice out of the squeeze this is not like the the nightclub part of it was just one small chapter that was just like you know the first few pages of the book I'm looking at it like what are we going to be doing you know Thirty years from now, we're all wrinkly and shit, uh, you know, playing golf on an island somewhere on a a guy's vacation. For me, (laughs) for me, that's what the end game was. It was never money. It was never. It was never any. It was never notoriety or fame or anything like that. I couldn't give a fuck about any of that. I care about my boys, who are my family. You know, like I said, my wife, and now my kids and providing for them. That's the only thing I give a fuck about. Anybody else can say whatever the fuck they want. I gotta provide, I'm gonna do what I gotta do. I'm gonna have a little bit of fun while I do it.
1: So what do you what do you guys feel like is the, the main thing you've taken away from all of this that you're still applying to your life today? Like obviously we've, we've done a lot of shit, right? We've done a, a shit ton of events and things of that nature. So what do you guys feel like is something that's still popping up in your life today that's applicable from what you learned back then?
5: So I have two things. Uh, one, I actually got into digital marketing because of promoting. Um, when we were doing promoting back in the day and I was working for them doing the register, they had asked me to take care of the marketing aspect. So that was the Facebook events and the groups and pretty much everything. And, and we had a team of literally 50 to 100 people that I was controlling their social profiles at one time. Now Phil and I have Massive Media, we have our digital marketing agency. So it's so funny to see how something back then that I just kind of was thrown into the fire, thrown into the mix, I decided to make a full-time career out of yeah, it right. as an entrepreneur. And Really, that showed me that you can do whatever you want, but don't always be set on where you expect to go in life. Just kind of let life take you where you need to be sometimes. The greatest opportunities come when you least expect it. Mm -hmm. And the second thing was, I think, to show everybody here that we didn't really know what we were capable of before we set out to it. You guys didn't know if you were going to be successful with that party in Brooklyn. You had 1,400 people. So if you look at this story as what would happen if six guys got together, promoted their asses off, and gave everybody the most memorable experience possible, we did, and look what happened because of it. So it's really just showing you don't always be set up to, to go forward in life with a set plan. Have a little, you know, opportunity open, because you never know what's gonna come your way. And I think that methodology behind all of it kind of showed us this is where we all needed to be, because I believe this exact spot is where we were all meant to be. We just didn't know it back then. We had no idea. Bye. Uh, so Let's go
4: this way, so Phil, we'll go next. Yeah, um... I mean to say one thing is tough that the biggest thing to me is resiliency just always Big word always right there, always like we were always down if we were down but never out I mean like so many countless stories of us just making it work that Noah story I put my whole entire life savings on the line for that party didn't even think for a second I could lose it all it didn't matter this is what Phil built his, his team built, this is, you have to make this work, resiliency. Other thing is like, I mean so many things, like we are all running businesses or high, uh, high up in, in uh, positions in corporate life because of what we learned from this. I learned sales, I learned persuasion, I learned marketing, advertising, I learned psychology of human beings. Guess what? A kid gets a bottle and he's not happy, gets to a fight. Mm-hmm. Okay, how do you deal with that? Are you Are you just gonna crack him or yell at him or are you gonna deal with it like a human being? Someone didn't make the guest list in time, so had to pay five dollars more. Okay, are you gonna yell at the girl and you know say something stupid, or are you gonna deal with it like a gentleman? Um, how to talk to somebody who's older than you and have them respect you? I had owners that were 60 years old looking at me. I'm 17. Like, who the f is this guy? And having to speak to him in a way where he earns respect from you. Uh, the biggest thing is how to deal with team members. How to make everybody Keep everyone motivated. Yeah, and everyone aligned. Like I said this once, I think on a previous podcast, like uh, your dream when you're building a business has to be so big that the people that you put inside of it, their dreams fit inside of it and still have so much room to grow. Like promoting, reason why we all liked it too, like we were never on a chokehold. It was, you can make as much as you want, as much as we grow, and as much as you're willing to work. So it taught me, it taught me so much, but if I had to do one thing, uh, and I know I just tapped the table again, but uh, resiliency
2: resiliency I, w- I would go with network that yeah. was my how's gonna be my answer i mean we could definitely have different spins but f- for me it was you know being able to reach out to people that were close to you people that weren't close strangers hitting you up and making that connection so for me i take that as You know, once I graduated college, I I took my first job, and I absolutely hated it. But before I took that, I interviewed at multiple places. Um, NBC being the place that just didn't have an opening, but I had a great interview. The you know director told me, you know, stay stay in touch, and and we'll see. You know, if something opens up. So, so me building off the the club industry, you know, it, it stayed in my mind. Like, you know, I should really just you know, hit this guy up and see if there's anything going on. So I was only at my first job for six months before I had reached out and found out that there was an opening. And because everything went great, I actually wound up getting a job at NBC, which at, at the time was, you know, my dream job. And from there, that blossomed my career. And now I'm at a, you know, a new company and a new position. And and I, and I couldn't be happier, but I think it's based off of what I've been doing from 21 to 24 at the time of my my club career of just being able to be a, a personable guy and, and not afraid to talk to people. I know within those jobs in corporate that I was the one that was walking around and saying hi to people on a daily basis and introducing myself to people that were that were higher up and and you just don't know how far that will take you by just saying a simple hello or sparking up a conversation with somebody that is you know a vp or an svp and stuff like that and and i had good relationships with those guys and still i feel like my my tenure in my industry and in media you know still knowing those people and staying active with you know Talking with them could eventually, you know, still get me into a better place than I am now. Moving
5: forward, that's
2: huge.
4: And your reference came with to get into NBC. Your reference, I got called at 5 a.m. and the NBC guy filled me up. Phil was my reference. 5 a.m. I was in California. He was in California. So So it was 8 a.m. here. 8 a.m. here, and the call, and it was the promotional experience. Cool, it worked. Boom, like it's all. It's all. You know, synchronous. That's cities. correct. Phil,
2: Phil was one of my references when I was leaving my first job to go to NBC. Okay. And uh, people from HR, they had called Phil at 5 a.m. because he bro, was in California. Bro,
1: send an invoice, bro, if you have No, it. I mean, he, yeah. I got me. him he a should. nice bottle of well, wine. He, no, he, bump
0: it up to a 15-minute little 15-minute uh, <laughs> no, he, he, charge. You he know? deserved it, man. Like, that's they called me. I said, fuck, I can You're, go higher. Your
2: dad actually drank that. Bottle
5: of wine He right? did it. he It's alright We drank enough This bottle Sabi <laughs> so, What would you say Was the uh, the most influential For me thing that, it, the, the It's team. the
0: same answer Network But I think In a different way Because Like Working in the clubs Kind of put my business On the map Cause Like everybody I'm meeting I'm like Yeah I own a sandwich shop Right over here And then You know yeah, From yeah, yeah. opening one To Masper Where you guys are from Like It just kind of like gave me a network of people that were spending money then are still spending money with me, you know what I'm saying? Like,
1: and not for nothing, three people here at this table have a sandwich at your shop. I have a
0: Masher Brothers sandwich, but I just never made it because it, it's not mine. It, we well, right. we're waiting. waiting. Phil's
3: Phil sandwich never made it in you know shop because Phil's like some healthy shit. He probably wants like uh, hummus and dirt on like a fucking holy pita. <laughs> Who the fuck wants <laughs> to eat that?
4: Wait, wait, wait. I grew with with, up with, a, with honey mustard. With
0: honey mustard. <laughs> it's <laughs> not yeah. healthy. No, honestly, it's it's a 7 grain panini with grilled chicken, pesto, brisketo, mozzarella. Ooh, I have it. Oh, my terrific. God. I have it. Why does, why does the Masher Brothers have to be a healthy sandwich? I'm not healthy. Because Phil used to always get 7 same. you're not healthy. We got three pies of pizza. You come with a
5: salad. <laughs> well, that's because I'm like 900 pounds now. It's a different story. Nah, nah, nah. nah. It's keto. Man. So, basically, you're saying that it showed you to, to take know different experiences and you can utilize them just to the show
0: nah, just to show people who you are like it just made me like meet so many people and like i think phil told me this once I'm, I'm pretty sure you did but like the strongest tool you have is your phone so like just being in contact with people like saying what's up like you know i haven't seen you in a while you know like come get a sandwich you know, like, goes you know way. like you, you know that somebody's always bored uh three-foot heroes of you off the Super Bowl. But, like, yo, you still ordering for me this year? You know, like, giving that customer confidence. Like, people feel more comfortable spending money with you when they know you, you know? Like, so I gained so many, like, friends from doing this club stuff and just everybody knowing who I am. So it shaped me to be the person I am today.
2: And and then us even being a family, to, to go with you having your shop, like, like you said, there, there's people at this table that have a sandwich and whenever, you know, you, you guys post and it's like, hey, the Matt and Steve, you know, like. Which he post more than any other sandwich, by the way. Because it's yeah, the it's a number one fucking bestseller, bro. Woo. Not right. number
5: one, by but it's the right, top five. By the way, right, the FDNY, the fire department in get get pissed because they used to be a number <laughs> one sandwich. Well, and sorry. now Matt and Steve is the number one sandwich.
2: Yeah. Wow. But, but what I want to get to is that, like, us being a family... We're always reposting, sharing. Hey, uh, you, you know, I'm when, not reposting shit unless I post the agent. When I'm working and I tell people. <laughs> I haven't seen
1: that posted once. Yeah,
3: you but, fucking but, forgot you about, about, about
2: that the sandwich. Motherfucker. It a too plain. ketchup ain't American, American cheese. Available. That's why. Punch American cheese is awesome. I, I have ordered yours a yeah, few times. I love it. Fucking
1: chicken colored as a child. Onion with rings onion onion ring. and gravy. Onion rings on sandwich. It's not Innovation right there.
3: For me, the biggest. The biggest thing that I took away from this whole thing that I still use today is I learned well damn
1: bro you called up this she's gonna fuck you up. And <laughs> gonna beat you up. Yo no, bro that was Steve Pellegrino by the way. Just throw that out there. No, I, Steve Pellegrino exits the chat. <laughs> 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 Oof.
3: I learned how to read people. I didn't know I was gonna learn how to do that but I did learn how to do that and uh You know, you learned real quick what girl was coming to the club because it was whole life that weekend. She was mad at her boyfriend. She was mad at her dad. Either one. They were both good. Uh, You learned what guy was coming there because he wanted to get over his girlfriend. You knew what to do. You knew exactly what to do with those guys. You knew who to hire. You knew what kid was going to be a great promoter. You knew what girl was going to be a great bottle waitress. You knew what person was going to make a problem in that club, and you better keep them away from somebody else that's going to make a problem in that club. You knew who to sell bottles to. Yep, you knew who to upsell to. You knew who was a drunk spender. You learned real quick, if you just had a little bit of observation, who was what. And here I am, however many years later, and I still use that every single day. My goal, and I think I got up and said this at at one of my meetings, was uh, my goal for this party is for... Guys and girls that come here not knowing each other to go home and fuck.
2: <laughs> he did say that. I did, did say, say, that. say that. That happened a in lot. Front of and like, I, in front of a lot of like there's, there's a lot of like, babies. Before, before we
5: this party. get into the people who've married because of our parties, people who have had kids for our parties. There's a lot of them. There's a lot. Lastly, we need to hear uh, what's the biggest thing that Matt took from from the promoting aspect into I, his real life.
1: I honestly think it's a little bit of intertwined between what everyone said. and I'm, you know, Just to take a little bit deeper, I think it comes down to relationships and... Um first and foremost everyone at this table I give so much credit to for dealing with 18 19 20 year old Matt oh. <laughs>
5: Like, All right, call himself man. out.
4: Let's no, hear it. Let's nah. hear it. No, nah, I respect it. It wasn't an easy one. Either. No, it wasn't
1: easy. <laughs> it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. It I literally replay instances in my head, and I'm like, holy shit, did I say that? Holy shit, did I do that? You did. I did. I know I did. You kept us on our toes, man. I, I'm not mad at myself for doing it. I just, I just question it, because now I look back, and I'm like, yo, you fucking changed a whole lot. And I literally remember multiple times, for instance, Nicole, when we first started stereo after Imperial, she's like, yo, you're different. Like, yeah, I mean, I hope I'm fucking different. I was fucking wild. I was crazy. I said stupid shit. I was just blunt. I was out there. I still am. you was mean to girls. I was going to say, since literally literally nothing's changed. That hasn't changed. No, things have changed, but ultimately it comes down to relationships to the point. And, you know, obviously we were saying networking. We were saying how that helps the business, following up with people, building friendships and things of that nature. But, um, you know, from a very deep level, it's like, at the end of the day, just being able to be there for someone, being able to provide them with something that they need um, in, in that sense that we were just alluding to on multiple different facets here, I, I love that. And that right there has yielded me opportunities to, for instance, work with Damon, do do a whole bunch of other things. I wouldn't be able to work with Damon unless Phil introduced me to George or reintroduced me to George and things yeah. of that nature, right? Like at the end of the day, it was a, it was a huge trickle effect. Even to this day, you know, being able to get hooked up with someone that AJ worked with who's making me a hat now, the kid Lucas that you worked with for, for Blipstar, literally making me a hat that I want now. Like the list goes on of, you know, the, the whole relationship building. So to me, that's the biggest takeaway. And of course, that sounds a little bit basic because, of course, relationships are huge, but it just goes to show how big they really are when you look full picture as to all the years that we put in and what we did versus now. You know, it's still paying off. You know, paying those dividends comes into
5: leverage
1: at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, good leverage. And one thing I want to
5: say in regards to to what you were saying about relationships, people always say this, and you hear this a million times, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And obviously everybody here agrees, but I think there's one part of that that people really don't speak about is, did you go out of your way to make those relationships? Did you network those relationships? It's not what you know, it's who you know. But how did you meet them? How did you find them? How did you get there? How did you get to that spot?
2: Do you keep, do you keep that relationship oiled? That's that's the biggest part. Yeah. You you can know somebody, but just because you know them, are they going to do something for you because you needed a favor? Are they look? How many how many times do we look and someone reaches out that we haven't heard from, and, and you're like, wow, like they're reaching out because they need a favor. Yeah, that, I get that a lot. If somebody is. Consistent with you, you would never even question that.
1: I don't even question it, though, because we were doing so many favors back in the club days in regards to this person wants to sit next to the stage, they want to meet fucking Fetty Wap, they want to do this, they want to do that. At the end of the day, I don't even question it because we had so much power back then that, I mean, of course they're going to ask those type of questions, you know? So um, I I personally don't question that. I, meant more I respect like it now. Yeah, I, I, like, I honestly respect it because I, if I was on the other end of it, I would probably ask those questions. Their, too. their, their
2: connections then with us, yes, and we would want to do anything because we were the provider. And if we could say, "Hey, Phil, AJ, could you guys move somebody away? We got people, and I know they're gonna buy more bottles, and they'd rather sit there. Yeah. They I, would do that in a heartbeat because it's customer ties satisfaction. Into right. You got to. I mean, the like situation. the the long term. If that person didn't hit you up from that time that you moved them close to the stage to now and they're looking for something, you're going to question that. So I'm I'm telling everyone here and everyone that's listening to this podcast, keep your relationships oiled because you don't know who's doing what and where. It's always better with lubrication. Hey!
5: Yeah, it's very important, though. You have to Coming it. from
2: the guy with two kids, he knows what he's talking about.
4: Absolutely. Hey. Another thing the clubs told me, the clubs told me patience, getting two to 300 texts on a Friday or a Saturday, how to deal with them all. Um, okay, maybe you don't have a 1,000-person grand opening. Maybe it's only 400. How to not get discouraged so that the next week becomes 500. The next week becomes 600. So you start snowballing it, and it gets to a point where it's just repeatable on its own. So patience is huge. The other thing that clubs told me that applies to business is, like Nick said, it's not what you know, it's who you know. But there's even one more step. It's who knows you. So the greatest feeling in the world Shout out is, to Manny 1B branding. <laughs> the greatest feeling in the world is when Phil Massey doesn't have to text his whole phone book to come out. Phil Massey gets his phone book to automatically text him. Right. And then the people who kn- who he knows in his phone book their one arm reach people text fill as well and now it's like instead of me digging for a guest list that night it's coming to me and when you have a business and that happens it just says one thing about you it means you're really doing your stuff right it's admirable and people are remembering you cuz you do a great job you make them feel great right that's that, huge that I was the that.
2: best part the easy stuff where it was like Hey, my birthday's coming up. We wanna get, you know, three bottles. We wanna do that Ciroc special. And <laughs> do you think you can get us some extra sparklers? Like, but, yeah. but let
5: me ask you a question. Why did they hit you up? Why didn't they hit up somebody else, some other place? Because, because of what you said. They because they of they knew
2: it was what I would do for them every week prior to them coming for their birthday weekend. It was me being able to get them a free drink. Trust trust me, yeah. me being able to get a, so a group of five good looking girls to the front of the line and not have to wait it was because of our Ooh, customer that. service and expertise and being able to know how to play your own cards yeah so that the cards played you when the time came for it. let's let's end this on a fun note because we yeah. got a little doesn't have
0: to get a part two on this though
1: we need a part two let's end this on a fucking fun note though sure. The what and collectively, I don't want to hear a before story because you guys are old as fuck, Phil and AJ. <laughs> old as fuck. You guys it's are true. fucking dinosaurs. they true. Team. I want to hear collectively your best and or funnest memory between us in the clubs. That's easy. All right, so start. You know it's easy. Going Go ahead, one. start. Oh, you're gonna. You know exactly what I'm gonna <laughs> do. You so Philly, you goosebumps? do. <laughs> Philly Goosebumps? Philly Goosebumps? <laughs> oh, no.
3: there, there, was, uh, there was a birthday in Phil's. That uh I don't think he was really uh versed in taking shots. So this was the first time he took more than maybe like three or four shots in a night.
4: Oh, <laughs>
6: this was the
1: nineteenth birthday?
3: Oh yeah, this is Phil's nineteenth birthday. And, uh, shots uh,
1: said, of, said, shots said, of Apple juice, I said by collectively, way. collectively, us together. I wasn't oh, there his nineteenth okay. birthday, I was t- I was ten. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
5: All yeah, right. you was like
1: six. I was born, <laughs> you, you were fifteen. Take it easy. You're sixteen, bro. I was fifteen. Good night. No, no, 1919. 19. But anyways. But you want me to continue that one or you want me to end that one?
3: End that one. Give All me right. A, give me a good one. Okay, well, it had nothing to do with us being in a nightclub. It was, the barbecues, yeah, that's was gonna
1: the barbecues and Phil's Yard. which I was going to say, too. The Barbecues in Phil's Yard. That's fine oh, yeah. that that was the relationship yeah, right. that we what,
5: had. I was just right? hanging out. Memorial Day weekend barbecue, what year? 2012? 11. 11 or 12. 11?
2: 11. 11 or 12. The same 12 year we
5: started, we started Imperial.
2: I, yeah. I would say that one and the one that you guys had at your apartment. Yeah,
3: and middle Village, yeah. That was a good one.
2: That was good. I, I don't believe Sabino was there, but it was the no, after, it was. It was after party at the pool. On the pool and at no? Nic- and Nicole's, at and the Nicole's house. That was a good one. That was a very a- a- good one. A- AJ's wife, I believe it was just um, girlfriend at the time. You I'm know, not even sure. Not, ni- nice that. in-ground pool, and she was the you know the the head bartender at at our club, and she was like, we should we should go back to to my my house and have a pool party after this. So. What did we all do? It was about three, <laughs> four, four, whatever. It was you know? definitely past four. I'll tell you we, we, that. We, was, we go five there. Five a.m. minimum. Where, if if you guys are familiar with the uh, Bayside, Whitestone area, area, uh, Christina's Deli, Cherry Valley, you know that those delis it has nothing on Panini Shop. We, we nothing, nothing. A lot of inspiration
0: from them, Shout Shout-outs to them. nothing.
2: But we did. We we had a pool party. You know we what you guys didn't sandwiches. have?
3: Sandwiches. You know what just didn't have? Bathing suits
2: yeah Facts. so Facts. It didn't matter we went in in our boxers and we and we had a great time and that was probably one of my fondest memories with you guys and I, I remember I was supposed to, I, I promised my aunt I would help out on the co-ed softball team that Sunday morning. <laughs> and, and you better believe I did not show up because there was no way I was able to play because you got home at the same time the game started. You no know, I slept there.
1: Oh, I didn't. Mm. I didn't. I was
2: wrecked. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. sound corny.
1: I'm going to sound corny. I don't think you are, because I think I have the same one as you. Let's hear it. Um. Yo, I'm going to sound this corny. I loved every night with you guys. That's Aww, That was no, corny. No, that's, that's great, bro. True, that's though. I, I really, really did. I don't recall any time that I despised going to the club. Despised going to quote-unquote work. Yeah. yeah. right. It quote was quote, quote, it, work. Because we never looked at it as work. It
2: was never looked it at was it as never. never it was never ever ever looked at. I that. think that's what people need to take
1: away from this is like they need to find a way to make money. Doing what you love. Doing what you love. I, I'm I'm gonna keep it real. What I'm doing right now, I don't love the way that we did clubs. Like I really don't. When I look at it like that, I don't. You'll and
0: never that, love anything like that though. It was wild. It was wild. It was yeah, wild. It was a time really really our life fucking life, you
1: know? It was really fucking dope. But when I look at it, it's just like, I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm thinking about like the whole process and all these things. It's like, I never once felt tired. I remember you multiple times said to me, dude, like, are you not tired? I would work 11 to 10. Same thing 11 to 10. Go to the club. Wake up 11 to 10. Next day, 11 to 10. And I would never sleep. I didn't care. Go to school Monday. Honestly, no care in the world. And I don't ever recall a time where I was like, you know what? I don't want to go. Of course, things came up where I might have been traveling or something of that nature where I might have missed one week. But ultimately, every single week from Imperial to Stereo to Central to every single... Noah, Rain, all those parties we did, like every single time I absolutely loved it. From the times in Imperial when we're fucking spraying champagne off the fucking bar... Like fucking savages. Throwing to napkins in the air. Throw the that never time. stopped. To stereo in the corner fucking bar. You know, How a, you doing? You don't know, have a pack of the napkins from Europa. That's savage. You know in my what house. I have. You really want to know what I, I know, you. have? I know. Have you have the sign. I have, have the
3: oh, 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 hey, oh. motherfucking sign. I still have Let me just, the let me so just jump in here for one second. On the last night, Matt stole a sign. That was supposed to be my you know, wedding present.
0: I saw you, present. you at the Coliseum that night. That was supposed to be my wedding present. I still never got it. I tried taking
1: the exit sign. The exit sign wasn't coming off. And then I got two fucking guys, Scribbles and Cody, to take off the fucking Europa sign, put it in my trunk. I just got all... That was supposed to be my wedding present. You never gave it to me. It can still come, bro. I'll it's come. in my garage. It's a big friend. I had, I That's why you s- give
5: him a godson.
1: <laughs> I need It's going to be my wedding you present. Need I need well, that. Now, what I was
5: going to say, and I, what I thought you were getting at before as a collective thing was, I think the first thing that we ever did together um, outside of the club business that really was like a life event. Like, I'm not talking about you know, going on vacation together or or going out to eat together. We made money together. We had a good time together. But the first real life event was when AJ and Nicole got engaged, when they got married. And we were all sitting, you know, at the engagement party at the wedding. And it was just crazy to see how every single person around us, there was people from the club business there. There was owners of clubs that we've worked with. There was bouncers. There was literally people from the industry all around us. And that was because of our success. Like, you have this podcast to decode success of people out there. And, you know, it's, it's something funny because now we're sitting here and I thank you for having this podcast because we're kind of talking about decoding our success. And one thing I was saying to you earlier that really stood out to me when I was thinking about all this stuff was people say if you work a day in your life, uh, if, you, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And we all can agree to that. But the one mix I have on it is if you do what you love and you do it with your friends, you will never work a day in your life and you'll have a great fucking time doing it. Yeah, and that that's huge to me. That's, that's like cool. that's the biggest thing. Think maybe we're gonna get another engagement party in time soon, please? I mean, shout out to Stevie Pals. Six months. Woo! This has been a good time, brother. We love you. We thank you. We miss you. Nicole misses you because she's gonna beat you up after this. <laughs> Literally, yeah. We bro. know. We know. It'll, Nicole wears the a pants, by the way.
2: Listen, yeah. it's do- it's Doctor Nicole. You're talking to me or talking yeah. to him?
0: no Nicole wears the pants. Which Nicole? No?
2: They both. They're both do. Nicole, oh, bro. Honestly Nicole. No, you know what? This is what
3: I told my Nicole. Don't worry about who's wearing the pants. Our marriage works best, but nobody's wearing pants.
2: Hey.
5: <laughs> <laughs> How's your so Ferrari? One thing I wanted to... Uh, I wrote down some things over here. One thing I just wanted to say before, before we officially um, tuned off was... Shout out to anybody who has been to any of these parties um, if you're listening to this and you've been to one of these events You know, it's extremely memorable. We're also guys, very sorry if you know, This is gonna to be, be an Instagram clip we post by the way some if, if I if I miss any please guys Let me know, you know, just just rattle them off But shout out to anybody who's been to a Remy teen night shout out to anybody who's been to metronome in Glendale when we threw that teen party <laughs> DNA club one cave lemon tree f1 so well, Status Fridays at Europa, Imperial Saturdays, System. We got Stereo, Spa, Rain. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's a lot of one-off parties. Obviously, missing. You say Imperial? We said Imperial. Oh, I missed Area, Area as well. You know, no. just if you think about all the events that we've ever done, and you think about the total attendance from all of those events, you're literally talking. I would confidently say, probably close to a million people that have attended events yeah, between absolutely. all the parties. That all of us have done In the tri-state area yeah, A lot have of them Came multiple times Over a million people Now Yes for, let, Let's go You know The next episode We'll get into the other stuff But people have gotten married From these clubs People have met each other People have had kids We have literally contributed So many different things To people's lives And it's all because There's six of us Sitting at this table Facts I want to
3: apologize To anybody that ever Left our party On Thanksgiving Eve With a big lump on their head <laughs> <laughs> Cause there was a few of you Yeah You had to sit At Thanksgiving First dinner, dinner. With a nice big lump on your head in front of your mom and your grandma. So, yeah. to those
4: people, yeah, that, was, I that was so good. I don't even know if I should say the stories. No more let,
1: let, let's end it on this note, gentlemen. Sabi, I appreciate you, bro. Thank you. Hey for you guys for coming. Steve, Phil, appreciate you. Nikki, yeah. appreciate you. AJ, my brothers, Yo. I appreciate you. Until next Thank time, you. everyone. Peace.